0: The number of episodes that you've done, for some reason, I I thought you were maybe only five in, but it looks like you're almost ten in.
1: Yeah, I'm getting there. It's been a lot of fun. It's been uh, actually... I was just talking to somebody uh, earlier this week about how... uh, Because somebody said, did you realize that uh, it's very easy to... Got a yes to come on a podcast because everybody's dying to talk to another human being. <laughs> and it's So true. true. It, it's true. It's By the so way, true. that is
0: so that is so true. Like we have um actually later today, or or I, it was yesterday that I was supposed to have it, but I think we rescheduled. Do you mm. know do you know the designer um Adam Cole?
1: I know I've I've worked with Adam years ago, but I don't know him personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so I, well, I only knew him like digitally for like a while years ago, but Mm. I've known him him for like a little over 10 years. But the, the thing that was interesting is like, we had one call that was like 30 minutes long, a zoom call just to talk Mm. after many years of just only communicating online. And then we, we, we realized that it wasn't enough time. And so we scheduled a second one just just to keep talking and it's and it's not it's sort of exactly like what you're saying so even though it <laughs> even though sometimes it's about the work yeah it also is important to just talk to human beings <laughs> because like the remote the remote work thing and the hybrid the hybrid work thing where you're just always behind it's so tricky
2: yeah
0: i'm, I'm sure i know you you're you're literally the definition. You're the OG. You're the OG tricky remote guy. Like you really, you did it. Yeah. I mean, I did a little bit of it too, but you've been doing it. It's defined you. I mean, you were you were ready for the pandemic. It's like you were basically in the pandemic when you started your career. <laughs> I, I
1: I had a lot of people call me to ask me how do you do it? How have you done it for ten years? It's yeah. you working know, remotely and shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's the, like you said. It's I guess it's defined me. It's um and the yeah other- yeah
0: you were. You, you did it like long before. I mean, obviously, we could do it, but it yeah. has defined you. And I think it's, I think it also, it makes, it, it made you also prepared when the time came. Yeah. To deal with like a, a worldwide kind of version yeah. of that.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, you were probably just like, yeah, so, I mean, so what? Like, other than obviously the sickness part of
1: it. No, what actually changed for me was a lot of, well, not, not studio clients, because those already kind of knew me, but, you know, and, and clients like, like networks right. or production houses or whatever production companies, those opened up, kind of opened up the floodgates of trusting people who are on the other side of the world. They were doing that to a certain degree, but now it's just standard. And that changed I was,
0: for me. I was just having that conversation with... Um, can't remember who... Oh, you know who it was? It was this, and this guy knows you. I can't remember if you know This guy came to visit from Romania.
2: Hmm.
0: You know that guy, Andre Popa? Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I know the name. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think he does a lot of stuff with He's done S- some S- 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 Yeah, I'm sure I butchered, but, you know, I, I want to make sure I say his last name correctly because I'm not sure I told him up, that we... Now. We endearingly call him, you know, uh, Papa in the studio, but <laughs> yeah. it's actually Papa. Yeah, and I want to make sure that like we respect that. But he's um no he he was actually in town. We we had that same conversation about right. the remote thing, and I was talking. And of course, when whenever you're talking about the breaking in, yeah. from another country, there's, there's I pretty much only think of you, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah I know, like, And then everyone's like, yeah, that's 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 the most obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's still it's still so crazy to me when people tell me you just sent me that email about that that dude you were uh, intro- introducing. I need to also kind of reply to that, but
0: Oh, Ryan, yeah.
1: Ryan, yeah, yeah. Great yeah.
0: guy.
2: Yeah.
1: He's I, a good I,
0: dude.
2: I want to,
1: I I know his name. I think we spoke a little bit. But you you mentioned something on that on that email that got me laughing cuz yeah it's it's almost like yeah, people know me and refer to me and all that and it's 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 still just nuts to me that people actually kind of talk about me yeah and know who I am right right it's, within the, it's always so it's always weird I mean, I, yeah I guess being remote yeah. always makes you think like nobody rem- rem- knows who you are nobody remembers you you gotta
0: oh totally yeah a which I think is the way to be I mean you you know when we go into the thing, I tell, the thing I tell my team sometimes when we go into meetings, right before we go in, and I, I may have even joked about this when we were in Barcelona, mm. when I saw you in Barcelona, but it's like, if you're going into like a pitch thing, or even just a meeting of any kind, whether it's on Zoom or in person, you just kind of have to assume that no one knows anything about you.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, like someone put you in the room. You know, someone, that the person that put you in the room or put you on the zoom call they might be on the call or they might be in the room but they might not be yeah and you just kind of you just kind of have to assume that these people don't know you so like bring bring your your best self without without making it look like you're trying too hard you know yeah and i I think which is
1: i think also what you're kind of saying is every meeting should feel like your first meeting ever
0: exactly like you know unless you really really know them already as collaborators
2: yeah
0: you can act like yourself i still think you have to act like yourself but you also have to kind of (laughs) if you're like me and you're prone to a little bit of um a little bit of a mood swing down and then back up you got to make sure you got to make sure you're not down when you go in (laughs) that's what i'm trying to say don't be too down
2: going like Dude, that's not
0: that's yeah, you know that's,
1: what I mean? that's such a good advice such a good advice because
0: oh uh, <laughs> no, it's really you have to like reset you definitely have to reset the but it's also a like humility you
1: know yeah the reason why I'm, yeah. I'm i'm laughing is because yeah it's there's been a couple of meetings where it's i'm just not in the zone right not in the headspace and you gotta pull yourself yeah. into it and
0: that happens no you, you really <laughs> You really do. And I think it's kind of it also, so you know how they say you don't care about subject matter, specific types of subject matter until you learn about it. Hmm. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, I'm not interested? And this is such a this is such a lazy way of thinking, which we have to like work on all the time on ourselves. Oh, I'm not interested in that. Hmm. Or I'm bored by, or I'm bored by that.
1: You mean by the client? Well, I just mean in
0: general, like, like if someone, it could be a client thing, but it could also be, I guess there's a lot of projects that we, that you're bored by it too, you know, of course, (laughs) course. which I think is part of the humor. Like that's part of actually, if you find, if you can find humor in the boredom, Mm -hmm. then actually that is fun in a way. I know that sounds really weird, but that's not even what I was going to say. I was going to say that when you go into a meeting sure or when you just have a conversation with a friend who happens to be in a a different field or they have different interests and they start telling you and and in your mind you're thinking sometimes we're thinking Hmm. it's really interesting that this person cares about that because I don't or like you're thinking about that sometimes right right? but here but then but then what I always find interesting is like if you challenge yourself a little bit to like focus on what they're saying
1: but that's why by the I, end of
0: the conversation by the end of the conversation you're actually interested in it.
1: <laughs> that's why I love you uh, that's why I, I love this guy we're, we're talking to Aaron Becker But you know what
0: I mean though right
1: yeah I've, I find I, I, I do I do know what you mean but it's I don't know if you're aware but not a lot of people do that and I know that you do do it um it's it, it, it's it says a lot about who you are because you're always attentive to when you're talking to somebody you're really talking to that person you're attentive to the situation and where they're coming from and where they're going with what they're saying what the conversation is is being on and a lot of people don't a lot of people are just waiting for their turn to speak as you know and I guess well, I, do. I I guess uh I, I also try to practice that the thing of uh i always try to that's why i I, i'm always very silent on calls for the most part and i only speak when i have something to say because you should really be listening honestly listening and trying to understand what they're saying and also trying to you should be doing all this work in your head of listening to what they're saying trying to see if it fits with what you thought about it prior to the call trying to see if it fits Later in the project, trying to see if if you don't agree, trying to see if there's a way to lead the steer the conversation in a way that it's helpful for both parties. You know, all of these things Absolutely. should be going. In, and I uh, I've seen where I've listened to you doing the exact same thing on client calls.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we've been you and I have been lucky. I love what you just said because it. It doesn't obviously i wasn't that way early on in my career because i didn't care about the client thing the, the idea of the client was like not interesting to me at first hmm. i only wanted to make great work and i only wanted to try to like you know i don't know please people at prologue you know please everyone around and and just kind of keep making myself better yeah. and that was that was really great but at the same time you slowly start to like question certain things like you're saying and 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 find out that oh strategically there are different ways of approaching not only a project but cl- the client side of things like the business side of things which seth you know like who you know yeah my business partner seth he's, yeah yeah, seth kleinberg is like very and I met him at Prolog years, years and years ago. He was actually the first person I met on day one when I walked in. Oh, wow! Um, and he, um, we we have a unique way of of fostering the client relationships. Is all I'm saying. It's just a little different, and it, it's got nothing to do with taking people out to meals all the time
2: mm. and
0: stuff like that. That's not that's not what I mean.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm talking about like making sure that everyone's actually really and truly satisfied with the process like from start to finish um on on these projects in a way that we we hope is like on that on that level that keeps keeps them wanting to work with us but but at the same time what I like about what you just said a minute ago is that there's there's a I think there could be humility in the in the creative process itself too like why? It's like sometimes people go in and i know you know this right because we all we've all worked with different studios that like to attack these projects in different ways and 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 sometimes there's, there's like an error. if you really look at the deck right sometimes you can look at it and you can say is there a little too much self importance in the deck and i don't mean by the way when I, I know that sounds really weird that sounds like a very like um Woo woo kind of thing to say. Yeah, but I don't know what like you mean. Yeah. Like almost like a spiritual thing, but that's not, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about like, are they looking, are, is this person that you're showing this work to actually looking for this thing that you're doing to be its own spectacle? Or are they just looking for it to be a good, just good design, just simple, good design and complement compliment the film? But that's what i always that's a big fear of mine is like going in and it's not it, some people don't probably wouldn't like the sound of what i'm saying like oh you should go in and you should blow you should blow the room out of the water like you should have like yeah. it should be, and, and of course that's true of course that is true you want to sometimes you want to win the project etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the same time if we're really truly asking ourselves like okay but like does this really does this project really call for it or is it just supposed to have like a little, like a nice design, something simple? I think Can't some, we just be
1: simple? I think some of the studios, especially the, the younger studios out there, um, they take these first meeting, this, these first calls. And what they end up doing is they want to flex their muscles. They want to show what they're yeah. capable of. And Absolutely. right, and, and right totally from the get go, you're not listening to your client cause you're just taking the opportunity to show what you can do. You should just be showing how you can answer the brief. You know, that's
0: exactly one-on-one. Uh, right. And, 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 to that point, sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to tell people, oh yeah, like we can do something. I mean, we have, we have clients that we've probably worked with for five or 10 years that probably have no idea that we can even do CG. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because they don't, that's not the type of projects they're looking for. Yeah right <laughs> so there's no reason to advertise it necessarily with them but yeah. if we overhear something we might say oh yeah you know like that we, we do some of that too speaking of cg by the way, i have a question for you how did your how was your i, I don't want to get too into it because i don't want to i don't want to ruin anything uh, how is your secret thing going without me saying what it is <laughs>
1: uh, so I, i'm actually rendering stuff right now it's i gotta tell you it's um
0: I mean, you are you, what you showed me in in confidence. was very mm-hmm.
1: cool. Thank you. Thank you. It is. It is. It is very. I hope very very cool. But I, uh, it's it's very uh, challenging, but very rewarding, and it's 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 fun because I, I haven't. I was just talking to somebody. I was just talking to Joao, who you met in Barcelona, and I was I telling him because he thinks, and maybe rightly so, that I'm crazy for doing this. CG thing all by myself and probably you too, but
0: (laughs) no, no, no. I was gonna say it could be it could be a little bit of both, but if anyone's gonna do it the way, if anyone's gonna do it the way that it's like you're probably you're probably using the software in the way that I would want to, Mm. which is more like design, like it's more of a design and cinema and a a cinematography use of it, which is focused on. I mean, again, I don't know.
1: But go ahead. What did what did what you say? But but I yeah I am using it in that way. So yeah, Jovan thinks I'm 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 crazy for for doing it. And but I told him that <laughs> look, what, what actually what's actually in, in this for me? Because um, yeah, the thing that got me to to do it was during the pandemic. Uh, I was I've always been talking about that, that I I don't use CG because. I I use CG for specific things, but not on my own personal work, or the way that I see the world isn't based on CG. But um, it's not that I'm against CG. But uh, the thing that I have always felt was whenever I uh, I was in Cinema 4D or 3DS Max, I've always felt like the technical side would always overwhelm the creative side. And, I, Absolutely. and for me, iteration in design is very, very important. And iteration yes. inside of a 3D package is very difficult. So, yes. but I, during the pandemic, I took some time off and actually learn the package and learn a, a, a renderer, a Corona renderer. And lo and behold, I fell in love wait, wait, with- Wait, wait
2: which, which renderer were you saying?
1: Corona, Corona renderer, which is oh, mostly I, used for architecture, but the, um, the way that- it That's passes. really
2: smart. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the 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 lightning engine is based in physics. So the way that's it hits really cool, shaders and surfaces and all that is very close to what. But um, that's
0: within photography cinema right?
1: within cinema. Yeah,
0: oh, that's really cool, man. Um, well, first of all, just to because I was looking at the site not that long ago. And one of the like, you know, going to your point about the architectural stuff,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: which I know you have an eye for. Remember when we were sitting? Remember when you're sitting at the one of the Barcelona lectures and yeah. you were, like, the, the person on stage was talking, right? Everyone was looking at the person on stage, right? Yeah. But, but your head was, like, like turned <laughs> all the way to the right. And you were looking in the corner of the room because there was a window that had light coming in. <laughs> yeah. I get the <laughs> and you saw, easily. <laughs> and, you saw and you saw silhouetted people walking yeah. behind the window and you're like, yeah. Oh my God, I need to get up and photograph that. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and, I did. and then I think I think Joel or someone had he taken went out a photo
1: and, or something. And he shot it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right. And I thought that was like the most you thing ever. It's almost like the AI version of Philippe <laughs> was like sitting next to me. You know what I mean? Like that if I could like write something that would be you getting up <laughs> yeah. and like being distracted, being distracted during something like that because of that. <laughs> I thought that was actually really funny. And then <laughs> and then no no, but going back to your site, there was a I was looking at what you did for the staircase stuff. Hmm. And I actually kind of wish it's funny because like I was looking at it and I kind of, even though I, I generally technically like what was done, even though it's I you know, I'm not into the the silhouettes that were the, the some of the things in the final piece I'm talking about, the final, the one that came out. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I like a lot of that piece and they did a great job on it um mm-hmm. but what i liked about yours was that it was organic it was sort of felt natural like naturalistic yeah. in a way that sometimes glass doesn't yeah. even though i understand like i understand the concept of the glass house so so i i, I get it and and like it, it totally worked for the sequence but for one of the one of the things i liked about however you did those frames which i can't really remember exactly what they looked like but i was looking at it the other day is that there's also the just really ones. good type, really good type stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. like the Thank you. which is just like you know it just feels like people don't care i mean people yeah. don't care about the type stuff it. and it's title sequences like literally half of the job is type it has the word title in it <laughs> the other half is sequences and, 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 and think what i'm that's, saying it has to be bold and I that's has think- to be bold
1: I think people don't. Sometimes I'll watch a, you know, a title sequence, and it's beautiful, and the concept is on point, and everything is working. Yeah. And I just, and then type comes on, and it's not the right type. I mean, you can feel that it's not the right type. But I mean, oh,
0: it's totally. I on. think
1: I think people just forget how that extra layer just adds so much to it. Um, but it's it's. Uh, I think it's gonna come back though, I, and I have this idea. I've been ha- thinking about this. I'm always thinking about personal things that I can take on, like this thing that I'm doing now in yeah. CG. When once I'm done with this, I'm I'll, I'll thinking about doing stuff with just typography. Um, you now going back to the Michael Beirut, the and the, the, the principles of yeah. share and graphic design and Swiss. Yes, I want to go back to that stuff and do something that's
0: well, interesting. Well, you know that's a big that's a big thing for me too. Not just the typography, but like, I'm saying like the Michael Beirut thing. Yeah. I think I mentioned to you. I mean, we even like I think laughed at how we love we love to listen to you know his insights. He's got yeah. that great book, the how to book, and stuff like that. Yeah, which I love. Um, but also, just he's the way he talks. I mean, he's a great he's a great oh, yeah. public speaker, and he has little life nuggets like a wisdom peppered in with. The other design insights, which is you know, it's very easy to lose sight of some of those big picture things. But he's clearly a big picture thinker, as as are probably all of the twenty or so partners at Pentagram. Um, I can't remember how many they have. It's probably like twenty five or thirty or something. Yeah, probably. I know that. But but that's there's a reason why they have the longevity they do, and I think it has to do with the foundational stuff, knowing that something as simple as choosing the right typeface for a project could be the difference between someone, someone caring to even look at it five years from now or 10 years from now.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, the, the technical stuff, and that's what I really struggle with fully like with this whole CG conversation
2: mm-hmm.
0: is that I really, I really don't even want to do CG stuff unless, um, unless it really feels like the client wants that, if you know what I mean. Um, we, we certain projects, you know, you have to do it. I mean, there's like, I couldn't propose shooting water for Aquaman. You know, I could, I just yeah. couldn't. They, they would that's never a, accept. That's a good example. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would just never accept it. They they would just be like, we're not doing that. Like, we we need control over the edit. We we have to be super custom about all these things. The can't, you know, you have to have control over the camera. And it was similar with the Mission Impossible thing. Just to let you know, like, there was a. I had this idea that I wanted to shoot all of the, all of this. Um, it's almost like an investigation board mm. where these photos were overlapping, but there'd be one photo that was green. It was just a green thing, right? Where you would put the footage. Right. So like you, you'd constantly be the camera, you constantly moving the camera around and get all these great shots. And then you'd edit it together later. And at any time you needed to like replace the shot, you would replace a piece of footage in the scene and it was not a breakthrough uh, that was that's not like some crazy breakthrough idea hmm. but it would have been really challenging with the shallow depth the field and all these other things and ultimately you know to be honest with you i think the sequence that we ended up doing for for the last one suffered like it's not a great like i like it i i definitely am I'm, and you know it's funny to be saying this on here but but because i don't i don't want to like
1: Yeah, it's still (laughs) a great time. I don't want to
0: disappoint anyone, but you know what I'm saying. Like, if you're being, if we're being completely honest, Hmm. there, there are two or three out of the four separate sequences that we've done for the Mission Impossible stuff that I really like. And then there's like one to one and a half that I'm kind of like, I wish you always wish could be better for a variety of reasons. And in the case of being, you need to have the flexibility to use the CG stuff. Obviously you want to make it as good as you can. But man, I am a huge fan of hidden CG stuff. Like the way maybe, you're, maybe or photographic, like you said, architectural, photographic, um, conceptual, um, but not not conceptual in the sense of oh, I can't wait to see how all this g- geometry like interacts in a dynamic way and like yeah. like balls and balls and cubes <laughs> tumble tumble down the slide. Yeah, I'm not doing that, away, in that. Just to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know what I'm saying. Like that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is not, even though it's it was obviously inherently it was important in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. going into the two, 2010s, to start seeing people experiment with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably like really in, in the mm-hmm. mid 2010s when it was getting out of, like really out of control. But but I never was really into that kind of stuff because I had trouble with the po- like the poet like the supposed poetry of it. Yeah, there was a lot of like pieces that people were experimenting with, and you got the sense that it was a technical exercise more than it was a conceptual one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is not a, no, not. not a bad
0: thing. No, but that's not, and it's like that's not a bad thing, but it just wasn't for me. Like, I'd rather spend, I'd rather spend my time, um, learning some CG, yes, but also like getting better at other design principles.
3: Yeah,
0: and and that's After, like latter ladder design principles because i think it helps us communicate like it's not even about like oh it helps us get jobs that's not even what i mean i mean it literally helps us communicate with each other better it helps me it helps me communicate with the artist better when i can like take sometimes i'll take i'll set i'll set a timer and i don't do this all the time but i, I will do this sometimes. i'll set a timer and i'll be like okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look at anything for like two hours and I have to do like a 12 frame, I have to do 12 frames I do the same thing. and sometimes it'll be three hours, but it's not, no, but here's the thing. It's not all like done by hand, obviously. Like sometimes it's an image reference, sometimes it's this, and then slowly it starts and you're moving things around and then you, then you can communicate in a flat context, cause there's no way I could have done that in CG in that amount of time with, with your team or with someone who's working on a project with you and just say, this is, this is the vibe. Like can you help me can we do this can we do this board together because we only have so much time let's do it together yeah 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 that that, is that kind of thing
1: yeah i i uh, i also do the same you know even though i do my own all my own my own frames as you know as mostly as a freelancer i also i also um whenever possible whenever the the projects allow me to do it i i I usually like to, to step away from the work for You know two hours three hours maybe even just through the night don't don't look at it in the morning let it sit for a while because when you come back then you can look at it in a fresh way and just it usually kind of solves a lot of problems and really it. or really problems that really weren't there was just in your head a lot of times too it just that just comes with experience right i think that comes with years of
0: oh oh i think you are it's it's one of those things like when you're as Warren G used to say, when you're when you're young, when you're young and dumb, full of fun, like it's mm-hmm. kind of like you're not really thinking about getting better in the way you just said. Like you can't you can't you want to it's it's kind of like I used to I used to work late, right? And when I was at when I was at the studio, the studios prior to my own studio. And that included prologue and DK, and we'd work late, then we'd go, then we'd like go to the gym at, at like eleven p.m., and then we'd go back to work yeah. at midnight and like still finish stuff. The difference between that kind of, kind of break and then coming back to the computer is that it's not as it's not as useful. You're not as fresh,
2: yeah.
0: Um, as going to sleep and then waking up and looking at it in the morning. When let's be honest, everyone. For the most part, it thinks as we age, we, we get our, the clarity we have in the morning doesn't compare to the way we really are at night. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, some people like to pretend and I would love to pretend. Yeah. I mean, I used to come back too from the studio at like 12 or 1 and my music producer who had moved out from New York was living in my apartment with me in LA. And then we'd work on music until 3 or 4
2: right.
0: in the morning just making music for another three or four hours after the whole work day. Then I'd sleep for like maybe four or five hours and then I'd go back to work. And it was just like constantly like that. But that's that young yeah. thing where if you keep doing that, you're going to burn out. And it's kind of the whole thing that we talked about like in, in Barcelona. It, it, the burnout thing is crazy. And also, but in the, in a smaller context, leaving your machine for the walk or whatever and then coming back, yeah. To look at how bad the work that you did was, <laughs> you know, and I like to say that because like that happens to me literally more times than not. I come back and I'm like, oh, it's really not actually that good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. And I I know that you've had this probably had this conversation with a lot of the designers so far, probably I imagine
2: um, on this call,
0: no. but I do find it well, I do find it to be a little bit of a mini revelation when you realize that in your career, like whoever would at whatever point you realize it. It's kind of like a secret power. You feel like you have a secret power, yeah. To to leave and come back. So now I do force myself to go on a walk or a run. Like I went on a jog in the neighborhood around four or five yesterday. Came back, wrapped everything up, and you know I had fresh eyes, but I wasn't. I wasn't. You know I wasn't making enough progress, and that was kind of it. So yeah, yeah. Do, You know do how you, it is. Like you know, have days, days.
1: Do you do you um, have difficulty looking at your own work over the years, or do, you, do are are you the type of Absolutely. designer that doesn't really like to? I find it hard to look at my work. I never, I'm never
0: I, I can't, satisfied I can't, with. Yeah, yeah, I'm like so with you on that. And it's one of those weird. Isn't that strange? Feeling? Like, like, what is that?
1: It makes life difficult to not <laughs> what like. What is that?
0: Though? Yeah. Like you don't want it's so weird it's there's something about starting anew that is exciting because you because the the potential feels limitless yes. of what you could do what you could create that's right but then what you create it never quite hits that i mean i i don't there's been very few instances in my life where i feel like we've kind of done that where i'm happy i'm totally content pressing play on something again but maybe a few times i mean you you certainly have those situations i mean you have a you have a handful of projects which there's no way you don't like looking Uh i mean like i think i know what you mean though by work you're not just talking about the beautifully finished projects that you know everyone loves you i think you may be talking about all of like cumulatively like you're looking through stuff and then you're kind of annoyed by some things that weren't or that you didn't have time to finish it to the degree that you
1: wanted Uh, I'll tell you what it is. 90% of the work that I've done over the years, what I see, and I guess this, this is probably true for a lot of people. uh, I see all the choices I didn't make, and all the wrong ones that I did, Uh, and all the fixes that I had in, in between, and how I didn't see how I didn't have clarity for, it usually comes down to the concept. That's really what usually gnaws at me is, how did I not see that the concept was this, and not this thing that feels convoluted now that I look at it. And I'll tell you the one project that I still think I probably wouldn't have changed a lot, Mm -hmm. maybe not a lot of it or or maybe nothing on it, yeah. Is is a personal thing I did the architect years ago, and that was yes. that was a project that was, was that was of me. I that. that was me on a title sequence. This it defined me, and I uh, I found out by on on the course of on the process of doing that, I actually found out who who, who I was as a designer. That's why I, it's I, remember, so I remember.
0: I mean, of course, I remember that piece because. Um, I remember how well edited it was. I remember the way it started to sort of yeah, it start it's it sort of started to give you one style option for that you could use as a that could be applied to to multiple things. Which I think it has it's that it's interweaving the architectural with the mysterious. Yeah, and it goes back to what we talked about, like what. Remember, I told you at one point that I could have probably guessed what some of your favorite movies were. <laughs> yeah, it kind yeah. of like it kind we of comes to, out in,
1: over dinner. Yeah,
0: it comes out in the work. Yeah, that's yeah. part of that communication. Like you can kind of feel it in the work. Like you pay attention to cinematography, so so that is so anyone who watches what you're doing can feel, oh, this person is into that type of cinematography or that type of mood yeah. tonally with the color choices or the lighting. There's a lot of those types of things. And that's, that's what I find so interesting about this from a conceptual standpoint is that it really, like some that work, I agree with you. I remember the architect. I remember um, it, was a, it was an extreme labor of love, both like from the practical side of photographing yeah. it, yeah. But also, but also editing the editing. I remember being nuts on that piece. No, thank you. So, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll because we said whether we like or don't like something, are you saying you do you, you do like that work or you that's don't the, like it?
1: That's the one that I like, and I have. I
0: see, I, uh, there you go, there you go.
1: That's the one, that's the one. And I always seem to, whenever I'm doing a personal project, I, I'm I'm all. I just had this conversation with Ash Thorpe on the other on the episode. uh a oh, couple yeah. Ago, it was on, and we yeah, talked yeah. about how we always seem to be. Our projects are always about the same thing. Our personal projects are always about the same thing, and we can't help ourselves. So Ash no. is always about the pursuit of uh, identity, you know, our place in the universe, all of those the themes that Ash always gravitates towards. He can't help himself. And I always yeah, gravitate towards uh, repetition in life, breaking free of constraints. you uh, know, I always end up doing the the same the same thing. And the the architect was when I was a genesis of that, was when I found out that yeah, that's that's my thing. That's what I gravitate towards. I mean,
0: what's cool about what's cool about those themes is that they actually have real depth to them. I mean, the the funny thing about the way that I go about this work is that I'm I'm trying to figure out what what those themes are for for myself, but I think it has more to do with I'm very I'm fascinated by trying to treat people well. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm fascinated by as 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 an owner of the studio and as a, I guess technically a boss. I'm fascinated by, like, breaking down hi- hierarchy mm. whenever, whenever we can, like, re- trying to remove the idea that um, only one person can, can come up with the solution to the problem, that kind of thing, yeah. which obviously, obviously, I think most progressive studios have, have gone beyond that at this point. But I'm just saying that that is a theme that we can all remember earlier in our careers, yeah. where it just felt... It just felt very um focused on I don't wanna I don't wanna say like idolatry of of celebrity designers, yeah. as so someone was saying now it's sort of it's almost unappealing. I was talking to someone last night who I was out to was out to dinner with, and he was saying, like, even though of course there's plenty of abuse that goes on in a lot of industries still, yeah. he was saying that. This this guy who's a filmmaker that I was out with, he's a documentary filmmaker. I was out with him last night. He was saying, I do think it's getting harder and harder to run a business if you're an asshole. <laughs> and okay, now now obviously, now obviously there's a lot of successful assholes out there. <laughs> there's a lot of like yeah. millionaire, billionaire, terrible people. We all know the names, but but. I think I know what he means, and it, I think it has to do with if you if we pay attention to the generation that's coming into the into the workforce,
2: yeah,
0: or that wants to be in a in in our case in a creative community, you'll notice that the the tolerance for certain things isn't the same
2: yeah. as it
0: was, and and that I think is a gen that's always a generational shift. But w- what I what I find interesting about it is it, it feels to me like it came sooner than I thought it was going to. So it feels, yeah. it feels, and it's probably always what happens when you age too. It always feels like it comes sooner, but here's what's really interesting. It's not a bad thing. You know, we, we like, so, sometimes we focus on, oh, well, they don't know, you know, they don't know how hard it was or whatever. But actually the question that we should be asking ourselves like, you know, is, was it, should it have been that hard to begin with? Should we have been treated that way should we have been treated that way to begin with? Why not try to make the uh, work-life balance a little bit more pleasing for people? And all of these things came out of the pandemic in, I think, a very enlightening kind of way where you sort of realize, oh my God, there's serious stuff going on in the world and people have things to do. In your case, had you been working with us you know, during that time, as much as I wished, um, you know, yeah. you had so much going on. You know, you, you had your kid and I, I I don't know how old your kid was at the beginning, but Patricia, you know, probably it, you, you, you probably had so many things going on in your mind about yeah. them at the very beginning of it. and same, same with people we work with, including one of our main producers, Troy, who yeah. he's, he's been with us for six years. He's unbelievable. He has two kids. And I watched what happened during that time and you have to be flexible with people so the he so, if, you, if we can keep some of those human ideas going, where you just say, you know what? Who cares if someone has something to do? What's the big deal? They're going to be gone for a couple hours. Like, they're going to come back. They, they care. They, like, it's like I always say it like, we'll know if you care about the work. <laughs> we'll know. Like, if you don't care, if you don't care a That's couple so hours, like, you know, a couple hours aren't going it's so true. A couple hours aren't going to tell me you care more. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, like you either care or you don't, and it's like that's fine. Well, it's totally okay to don't care as well. I barely care sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I want to say, I want to say that looking at the work that Filmograph has, has done over the years, what strikes me the most is because I I've been your friend for a while, and I, I know you, I, I know we, I know you guys at Filmograph, I know you, you how cool you guys are and friendly and all that, but if I didn't know that, looking at the work, what strikes me the most is, it's you guys, it seems like Filmograph is a studio, the output of the studio is the, the one that looks to me like it's most respectful of the project. Everything that you guys do, either That's for really film or television, I've never seen anything done by Filmograph where there's any sort of grandstanding or uh, stealing the spotlight or just doing your thing. There's none of that. There's always to the degree of sometimes it's just typography. Maybe it's just a fade in it. Maybe it's just a fade out. Maybe it's just, you know, it's the I love the restraint on a lot of the work that you guys do mostly for film there's a lot of typography work for film and I just love yeah. The simplicity, the restraint, and that, and to me, that's directly connected to you actually actually listen to the client, you actually watch the films, you actually read the scripts. I know you're not in your head because you know that
0: that's the uh, yeah. drive um, behind those things. I mean, I really appreciate you saying that because it—it it is a pet peeve of mine. And I know I've told you like that it's it's a personality thing too. Like if you go, if you want to, if your goal is to be a good technical person, you know, sometimes I tell artists in intern, sometimes when interns want to get better, I'm like, hey, just so you know, you can pick up as much technical stuff as you want here, of course. But if that's like the primary thing that you're looking for, it might not be the best place because you can't. I can't always predict how many CG projects, for example, are going on at a given time. I mean, there's almost always one or two going on at a given time, at least. But that doesn't mean that, I, that, we, that we can put an intern on it, for example, to learn necessarily. But what I but going back to your point about the sort of well, grandstanding, I have a real problem with that. Um, and it probably is, is a little bit of pushback after years of, the success that we've seen mm. with great stuff from Patrick Clare's work and I love the antibody stuff I love his stuff before that with I, honestly we, we all know that that there's a there's a number there's a handful of companies and that's the funny thing about the industry there's a handful of companies you look to yeah or you just check out every once in a while or but I think it's it, if you're not I just, I can't really, like, there's pieces in my mind that I know I'm talking about right now. Mm. When I talk about the, when I talk about the grandstanding. Mm. Okay. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that the client in the end didn't want it or that that they didn't feel like it was right for the project because clearly they did. It's in, it's in the show or it's in the movie. Right. But, but for me personally, um, if it, yeah, if it feels, if it feels like it's it's more about the studio that did it than it is about the film itself. Mm. You can kind of feel it. You can slightly feel it in the work. Yeah, And and that's a very subtle, like weird thing to even say, because honestly, a lot of times they are looking for a spectacle. A lot of times the studios are looking for a spectacle. So you have to do, you have to blow it out sometimes. But I'm just saying that there's many times when you're not supposed to blow it out. And you get the sense that someone convinced Someone on the studio side, like meaning our studio side, yeah. the design studio, convince the filmmakers or like shoehorn the concept in, yeah. and then they like got them to say yes to something, yeah. and then you know, and then it doesn't fit with the it doesn't fit with the piece. So I really appreciate you saying that because that is something we're extremely sensitive to because I just think it's not really um, yeah it's not paying attention it's not paying attention it's kind of like like I'll just give you another quick quick example like sometimes we get portfolio websites from people coming out of school and it'll be a cohen brothers it'll be a cohen brothers title sequence that someone might have done right hmm. <laughs> and then it'll all be it'll all be like cg that makes no sense it'll all be cg for and so Coen we brothers. so we get them yeah for cohen brothers so then we get them on the we get them on the on the phone and we're on zoom when we're talking and we say this is really cool, like cool technically, right? And I see that you wanted to flex your muscles. I was like, but did the, did anyone in the class, did the filmmaker, did the director um, talk to you at all about the film itself? Did they talk about like what the filmmaker's right. style is? That's right, yeah. Did they, yeah. what kind of cinematography is going on? Do you see any VFX? All these questions. And I said, I'm not criticizing the design because the design is beautiful and I and it wouldn't prevent me from wanting to work with you in any way, but I just want to ask you the question devil's advocate. Yeah. if you came to our studio, the, the, the conceptual side of it is also thinking about what is appropriate for the show.
1: I'm, I'm so and like just a quick so glad you said, you know that. what I mean, like, because I I think that's, I think that's something that's really missing. Um, absolutely. I was just thinking, I think the example of Patrick Claire, I think. I think if you if you have a really great concept and I think Patrick always has wow. amazing concepts if you have an amazing concept then you latch then you latch on an, an amazing technical, technical side then you know that's that's just on another level so uh, Patrick I and totally Rob, agree will, with you. that's like a gem that's that's very hard to find but as as an example of what you just said I've recently seen this um, this uh, title sequence fake pitch that a student, I think it was a student, did it was based oh, on, on Francis Ford Coppola's uh, "The Conversation." It oh was yeah, yeah. Technically amazing, and I know I'm not dissing on this on this person on this artist. Look, it's yeah. at his age at his uh, level in the industry, he's really amazing what he's doing to, uh, with. I would uh, love to see that yeah. I'll send that. you. It's really really good and. By all means, I think you should hire this dude because he's really, really good. But, and here's what I'm getting to. The conversation does not require uh, an elaborate title sequence. I think it's actually the opposite. It should be probably, because I've seen the film, I love the film. It's my type of film, as you know. (laughs) And I would- would, It's one of my favorites. Well, there you go. Yeah, I I would have done something very, very, very
0: restrained because that's what it needs. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. I am so I'm so with you on this, and it's such a great and there's a reason why people reference the '70s, -hmm. um, the titles in the '70s. But I also think it is it's about there's something about the marriage of what was necessary uh, with great cinema, you know, cinematography at the time, or great filmmakers at the time, and but that but that can be now and this is what i that's what i'm saying that can still happen now even though i think film and television obviously isn't what it you know isn't what it was and and you you have to try to you have to what i mean by that is there's great there's great people you just got to look harder for it yeah but um that is such a great story about the portfolio because that is exactly the conversation we have another one i'm not going to into who it was or anything like that but i saw i saw a board for like a moonrise kingdom thing Hmm. and moonrise kingdom we know who we know what filmmaker that is and if you if you're doing a whole 3d concept for moonrise kingdom
2: yeah
0: just because you love because you love the movie or whatever it is and you want to do it no problem like there's you don't have to write even the caveat on there like you don't have to say with an asterisk Oh by the way, I know Wes Anderson would never select a 3D concept for his movie. <laughs> you don't have to say that to me, but I would or you don't have to put that on the website, but I would love it if someone in the in the um, capacity of teacher yeah. would would have that conversation with with, with the, with well, the and, student. And, and and I, I don't know if know that happened. I don't if, know if that happens.
1: And, and here's a, here's something I want to I want to talk to you about because I I need to we're going to have to break this up into two separate episode, no, episodes. No, no, no. I, I need to go pick up Emma, but I, I, I want to talk oh, about, about so much with you. I know I, I knew this was going to happen two episodes with this guy. So before we end this one, I want to talk two episodes with Aaron Becker, but I want to. Oh, yeah, I really, I really want to talk to you about something uh which which is um i know that i know that you know um when you're doing um uh, now i'm spacing what i was gonna ask you god damn it because I, uh, I, I we were talking we we're just talking right. about the the conversation and how we, wanna, the, the we the want to simplicity, apply the simplicity the simplicity and find, uh, here's here's what i wanted to right. just remember what i wanted to ask you you know people like michael Beerut or pentagram or um some of these very experienced graphic designers the thing about and I, I I always try to remember this on every project graphic design is supposed to distill an idea into its simplest form so it simplifies communication it's still beautiful but should resonate emotionally all of those things but you should cascade down and not explode up and I, I talked yes. with Akiko Steinberger, a poster designer on the, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I heard that one, and I really love that one. And
1: she's, thank you. And she's she's the perfect example of having an idea, drilling down to the essential bones of it and then representing it visually. And I think we've I, lost, totally agree with I think we've kind of lost, and that's going to the core of what we were talking about for the conversation, you should not go into full yes. CG and bring elements of the story and all the things we've been doing for years now for title sequences, showing the scenes and the new light, all those things, we, they work, but we should be doing is finding the bare bones of the story, finding a concept that supports that and then representing that visually, utilizing the principles of graphic design, cinematography and movie making.
0: I'm. I'm. You. You have. You've nailed something that is absolutely lost and needs to constantly be brought back up in dialogue with the team all the time. And we don't. To be honest with you, we do that. We do bring it up. but We don't bring it up enough. Like we don't. We don't harken back to exactly what you're saying as much as I'd like to. But I do think some of that ideology is in the work, like you're saying, like. Is in our work because mm, I don't. It is because, because I'm not for the for the reasons that we said. But I love the the poster designer interview. Sorry, her name is Akiko. What Steinberg,
1: Steinberger. Steinberger
0: yeah. yeah, I I she she's the one that did the um the funny games one. Funny games. Yeah. That's yeah that's yeah I remember you talking
2: yeah
0: yeah so, I remember you talking about that and there was another one that she was that you guys were talking about yeah, but sure. yes. That is, that's the distillation. It's funny, I was actually just looking at that because I think it came up on, I don't know, some, some website with like really great poster design. Mm-hmm. The funny games one came up. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was looking at it with a friend of mine last weekend and I said, oh yeah, you should hear this podcast. Cause like <laughs> my, I said, my friend, this is another design, this guy, the creative director, it's a great guy named Robbie Simonian.
2: Mm-hmm. He's an
0: amazing guy um, mm-hmm. who I met at Prologue too and is, is here in LA, but we were talking about great poster design. Yeah. And I mentioned, I mentioned your podcast you know, to, to check it out. But he's a great designer, too. We can get into that later. I know you have to pick up, Emma, so...
1: Yeah, i I um, to go pick let's, up let's,
0: let's Let's do this. No, 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 no let's do this later. But can I just tell you, no yeah. hard feelings if we just cut it off now because no one wants to hear this much.
1: No, no, no. Oh, uh, they do. They do. Believe me, they do. I've, I've actually been having... This is kind of fun. And I've been having a lot one of... Fun for me, that, too. And while we were in Barcelona, a lot of people came up to me to talk about the podcast, which is kind of crazy. a lot of, actually, a lot of people listen to this thing, and a lot of people that we know, a lot of people that, that want to listen to processes. And- yeah, but you
0: but know, it takes, but it takes someone who's, per, who's personable and who is passionate and who has actually made an effort to maintain connection in the way that you have, because you have to remember, we're over here, right?
2: Yeah.
0: A lot of us have taken we've taken some of those connections for granted. That's true. You've never taken them for granted, right? Yeah. Never. And, and that was out of necessity. Out of necessity you never took them for to granted. So then guess yeah. what happens? Like yeah. people wanna people wanna hear your perspective or people wanna hear you interact with other other people you've worked with and other needs that they recognize, which I think is great.
1: And also I, I think there's that, there's to me personally uh, talking to people that I love and bringing back some of the connections Definitely. that I've had over the years. And I, uh, and also, I think there's stuff we need to talk about as a community, oh my. as an industry. There's stuff that we've we've talked about that I've talked about with other guests. Uh, we need to talk about certain things. We need to talk about the stuff that we just talked about, of the importance of graphic design and the design that we do. I think we kind of kind of lost that a bit. But yeah
0: we'll will pick it up again on that continue we'll continue and we'll we'll continue the catharsis
1: own well, it up, up to we uh taking a break and coming back I, sh- I just i just feel like people don't really care about any of that stuff i don't so I, i'll just i'll just i'll oh, just yeah, keep yeah, it yeah, clean yeah. as as raw as, as it is no i think mean, yeah. the raw the rawness
0: of it helps yeah. i mean yeah. I still haven't heard the Eric Anderson one. I told you, I want to listen to that.
1: Yeah, you you haven't listened to it.
0: I've not listened to it yeah. I, I told you, I really I really want to listen to that because that's yeah. You gotta that's my that that's my good friend. As I said, it's just a, such a great guy.
1: Yeah, Eric's great, and we actually talked a lot about. He's um, I'm, I'm sure you know this. He had his recording studio when he was a, yeah. a young one. Um. Yes, of course. He, he did the, the, the stuff from Nirvana and all. He went into detail about all that stuff, and that's that was just wonderful stories. And you know Eric, and he's a good storyteller.
0: Oh, he's a great storyteller. Yeah,
1: he's a funny Eric guy. is.
0: And I think this is good for the podcast because, like, there's a lot of overlap with people that you, you're interviewing, which is actually what makes it kind of interesting. It's almost like the um the 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 Philippe Carvalho ex- expanded universe yeah you know what I'm saying like the the DCEU like the <laughs> MCU. but <laughs> the it's SCU, like the, yeah. Philippe, the Philippe Carvalho <laughs> expanded universe because the reason why I say that is because every there's there's all this overlap with people that you, you've been talking to not not in every instance of course but with mm. but with the Eric one it's yeah. great and that's that's a really that's a really good one because i i had time with him at dk and and um and then obviously i saw him he moved back to la before i did actually so so by the way what, what, what were you just saying about him
1: though? no he's a we actually talked a lot about his background about the yeah. um, the recording studio and yeah. how that made him to me he always felt like kind of a different creative animal altogether, just the way it, and I, I guess, and we actually talked about that a little bit on that episode about how Digital Kitchen had this um, collective of different backgrounds, just not just designers, there, there was a lot of influences, yes. in filmmaking and musicians and just editors and how that comes together and yeah, uh, just feels different. And he, we, he talked about that, that was very yeah. cool.
0: He might be he might be the best um, the best pitch deck person that I've ever met.
1: I I, I agree, and I, I, I said so actually on, on the episode. Oh, did was, you? Did you a, that? yeah, yeah. That's kind of interesting that you mentioned that, because uh, I actually had the opportunity to tell this in his face of he was a huge influence on me in the way that I Good. present uh, that that's I do awesome. presentations and write pitches and especially the writing just the totally. way that he used to I don't know if he does it now but the way they used to uh, do write-ups for concepts just the pros and the way that it just felt like it wasn't just selling a, an idea you know it, it wasn't a sales pitch it was much more than that
0: well, I was talking to um yeah you're right you're right because you know how they say sometimes like really good directors sometimes had experience in animation before they were directing mm. it's, it's funny i mean obviously it comes from different places like some people say good directors are really invested in some other art form before they become directors mm. like they're really invested in fine art they're really invested in photography but then when you become a director your style is a little more apparent you know and and you know not to state the obvious but like Wes Anderson has a style. Other people have a style. Brad Bird, for example, who like obviously started out in animation and then did did live action direction, has a style that you can see in live action. But it's but about but it's in terms of timing, you know, in terms of like just understanding camera position, understanding all these different ideas that don't necessarily have to do with live action um, yeah. until, until you jump into that space. But Eric. Eric is like that, but with, um, with his sense of timing from an editorial
2: standpoint
0: yeah. and like the way he, the way he jumped back and forth between editing and directing. And he himself would, he himself would, um, say this, it's not, it's not even an offensive thing because he, he knows where he's comfortable. He's a, you know, he's a director an editor he's not necessarily a designer but he knows on
1: on, on the podcast he said he's not a designer at all
0: but he i mean he's the only reason i'm saying this because it's like i'm I'm repeating what he said but i love that because and i don't want this podcast to sound like a a repeat of something people have already heard but the truth (laughs) is there is that that uh fceu
1: universe. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but i think it kind of makes sense like the spin-offs because i mean he he really uh he's one of those guys that that like i had a lot of respect for the way that he put the decks together in our time at, at, at dk and overlapping and, like we we even did projects on the side outside mm-hmm. of outside of dk when i was starting to break away too yeah i used to go over to his apartment in chicago and we'd set up We'd set up all these cameras and like stuff on the floor and he was like, there wasn't a lot of money in these jobs and these projects. And we were just experimenting, making, making storyboard frames and stuff like that. And he would, he would be totally open to it. He loved the fact that like we were, we were still shooting stuff. So obviously he's a very practically minded person, you know, directing, I don't think his favorite thing in the world is to direct like 3d spots and like the effects oriented things. I think he just, yeah. not really his favorite thing he appreciates the practicality of things much in the way that i think you and i both do even though we understand the necessity of some of the other skill sets but but eric has always been collaborative in that way i remember boardwalk empire we pitched on boardwalk empire dk pitched on yeah like like way back right Right. so when we when we were at dk there was this second floor in chicago it had two floors and i went down and i set up all these like um these uh, sort of they, they were vats of water. They had like they had all this water in them, and we set up these lights. And I was down there shooting, and I was like wondering because I had only been in Chicago for about a year, like six months or a year, and I was wondering why other people weren't in Chicago weren't setting up shoots or like doing things that I thought was like commonplace. Like when I was in LA the first time, right? And Eric was the only person, and he was the most senior dude. Out of like the other artists on the floor he was the only person that would come down and like hang out where i was trying to take photos because i was trying to do these like reflections in water mm-hmm. for the for the boardwalk empire thing because you know the whole thing was he's like in atlantic city and he's yeah, by yeah, the beach yeah. and all that stuff so i was trying to do all this imagery that was like bending kind of like do, do you know the cape fear title sequence that, that uh salt basket
1: yeah, yeah yeah i do
0: it's yeah. sort of like i was like oh let's do a new kind of cake fear thing but but like with steve buscemi and 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 all that stuff and mm-hmm. eric and type and type too like real practically reflecting type that we printed out on these pages <laughs> nice. and he was cool like he was this was when i was really starting to get to know eric and he would come down and actually spend genuine time down there even after hours like because i was trying to do stuff I, you know, I was kind of worried about like proving myself in a new way to a different company, and like I wanted to like.
1: As you do, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you know what that's like. Yeah. You want to you want to make a good impression, and you also want the concept to be strong. I mean, and I had a lot of fun. That that concept obviously didn't didn't go anywhere in terms of the the, the work, but it doesn't change the experience. But oh, yeah. I mean, Eric's Eric's the best man. Yeah. I was sad when he left Chicago and moved to LA, but I was happy for him.
1: Yeah, because he um he decided to to pursue his passion of directing, and he's now that that's what he does now, and he's uh he just loves to be to be on set, and that's kind of a nice kind of a nice segue to a question I have for you is because you you were a designer and creative director for a long time actually, and then you decided to start Filmograph with Seth, correct?
0: yeah it it was an organic thing seth kleinberg yeah but the i had met seth at prologue Mm -hmm. um back in 2005 and he was the first person i met so that's a long time ago now i'm dating myself a little bit but the point is after i moved to chicago you know so it was like prologue for a few years in la then i moved to chicago to work at dk where i met eric anderson Mm -hmm. and i was disenchanted with the direction of the company yeah, I I had some great opportunities, and there were some great people that I met there, like lifelong friends, kind of that I met there, including Eric, including you know my good friend Amador Valenzuela, yeah. who like does a lot of people with us, still still lives in Chicago, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and um, tons yeah. of other people, and then I and and I kind of decided I wanted to move away from that, even though I got some really cool opportunities to direct some commercials and things like that while I was there, and I was grateful for that, but mm-hmm. after moving on. Set up a space in Chicago, and it co- coincidentally, and I know you've worked with sarovsky right? So we talked about this. The space that I was in, do you know, do you know Grayscale, Gorilla,
1: Nick Campbell? Yeah,
0: you know Nick. So Nick was at DK at the same time as me, right? And we were exactly. we were friends. We were yeah. friends. Nick and I were friends, right? But after I left, Nick had already left, and and he he was part of this like. Very very small group of people. There was like two or three people in this warehouse space in Chicago, mm-hmm. and it was two blocks away from where Sarovsky would be. I hadn't moved there yet. Right, okay. Right. right. Wow. And that was where I moved in, and I was working on my own projects while he was while he was working on Grayscale Gorilla. So like Nick and I were in there, and it was this space that was run by this guy named Jack Danger. And like there were, there were, I know it's a funny name. I know it's hilarious, (laughs) the name of the studio was called bomb camp, which was actually his last name, Jack danger's real last name is bomb camp. But that was the name of the space. And it was this old warehouse. Dude, the the space was so amazing. I paid like $200 a month to work from a desk in the space. (laughs) And they had a whole separate room in the back where like, if you want, and they had pin, there were pinball machines that he had collected in that were in there. Because there's a lot of pinball, like lunatic pinball people in, in Chicago, you know.
3: Oh, really? They love no, the
0: no. game. Oh, oh, crazy. Because there's a, there's a there's a factory near there called Stern, or like a manufacturer called Stern, and they they make all the pinball games even still. Okay. Long story short, that space that was adjacent, it was part of our space we could use for shooting.
2: Right.
0: So you pay two hundred dollars for the desk, but if you want to like go in there and like <laughs> shoot a bunch of stuff. That's you're how actually, Chicago.
1: People. You're actually paying for the shooting space, and then you have a desk.
0: <laughs> yes, and you can use it as long as you like. Tell people when you're going to use it. There was also like separate rooms to have calls, but it wasn't like a fancy place. That's not what I mean. It was like very oh, warehouse. Right. And that was right by where Sirovsky's studio was, like two blocks away from Sirovsky, really. And um, when when they when she fully opened up that space, but the reason why I bring that up is. There was a real weird post DK mentality going on in the space where like a lot of people had already decided like the direction of DK wasn't really for them. And like some people would be coming in and like, you know, working on some projects with me, working on a lot of, a lot of people would be working with, with Nick on, on the grayscale gorilla stuff, including,
1: but you guys had, you guys had your own clients at that point. Were you getting calls from clients?
0: Well, so the, the, that was the beginning of film. I'm giving you like the raw beginning of filmograph where there was no. There, mm-hmm. Seth and I hadn't really partnered yet, but the point, like I was starting to go back to people in L.A. that I that I wanted to work with and try to figure out ways to collaborate with filmmakers, which was really tricky because I was going after projects that you probably never seen, you know, movies that you've never seen. Like I was trying to, I was trying to get very low budget films that I could get get a foot in the door, like and meet people, and that's what I, that's how I started doing it. I was like, hey, I worked in, I worked in film on films before. Like, would you want me to like just kind of do the whole sequence? I can take care of it, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and then slowly it got to a point by like twenty. 13 or 2014 when when seth and i were partnering more on jobs the, the really the biggest the first big partnership with him was on um a job that is, is called well it's called clear history it was with uh, larry david
3: mm, yeah yeah
0: I, the comedian larry that. david yeah. and, and greg Matola, the director who did super but then he did he did this movie clear history with larry david and john hamm and like, that was really the beginning of the idea of Seth and of Seth and me partnering because he was at a different company at the time that brought the project to me. Okay. And I was like, look, I want to work with you guys on this. I really right. do. But only yeah. if it can be understood that this is going to be like a partnership situation. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And then Seth soon after broke away from the company and realized that like, we could, we could keep doing this and he could go to meetings he could go to meetings in LA and I could be in Chicago. And that's what we did for years until oh, okay.
2: yeah, not right. even, not even that
0: long fully not even that long, like probably. LA, yeah. yeah. Cause he's based in LA. So like I left, when, when I left Chicago and came back to LA, my girlfriend opened a restaurant here in mm-hmm. Silver Lake and it's still open. Thankfully, it's <laughs> <laughs> very great. good. That's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going, I'm actually going tonight. Uh, um nice. you, go. Oh, dude! We'll, when you come to LA, we'll do it. It's so unbelievable. It's so delicious. I'll take you um, up on that. Botanica. Sure. I got. I got to say the name on on the pod. Botanica. <laughs> it's so related.
1: Botanica is a great name.
0: Oh, dude! It's I mean, it's fantastic, and they just really have a great flair for it. But the but the point is, like, she used to make fun of me. My my partner used to make fun of me about like, oh, you're so Hollywood. Like all your all your projects are so Hollywood like because we were in Chicago like there's not a lot of that mentality there and I was like well no it's just that I like working on film stuff like I don't care about the the Hollywood stuff I just enjoy the I just enjoy the making of this stuff and she and she say oh if we ever move back to LA it's going to be your fault like it's going to be because of some work annoyance (laughs) and then actually her business partner and her just like her business partner wanted to move to LA not me
1: Uh, okay good
0: let's go back but i just want you to know it's going to get really hectic for me and i need to try to like stave off the the schedule like how busy the schedule is going to get because a lot of these people that i've been working with from here from chicago i've never had to go to a meeting
2: yeah
0: there was no zoom stuff <laughs> there were phone calls but yeah. there were, no one was no one was i mean you could spite but no one was doing that for me i remember as those, you,
3: those as days. you
0: know right yeah. yeah, you know, because you had to get on a phone call. Which, when you think about, but Philippe, when you think about how much it would have helped you, yeah, you have Skype calls like during that time before Zoom was a thing.
2: Yeah,
0: it's crazy because it does help. Like you need to some, you, you know, in the creative context, you need to see someone gesture. You need yeah. to see someone. You need to see someone put their arm in one part of the frame as a compositional. Suggestion
1: and on the flip side, you want to see their their faces, their reaction, and their faces.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's of course the more important part is that is the human part that yeah. which we yeah. which we struggle with even because because it's still in the flat context.
1: Can I tell um, you a little? Can
0: uh, I tell you a little bit of a, of a story yeah, yeah, about please, that? Because please, I want to. I want to know
1: when I started foreign affairs. My studio. uh The first gig I got was for FX. uh We were doing a pitch for a promo, and we. Um, We had a presentation meeting scheduled with a team, and this was years ago. And we were still doing a lot of, uh, for the most part, a lot of presentations over the phone. You used to dial in, talk over the phone, have your PDF or keynote in front of you, and the client would have his PDF or keynote in front of him. You would just run through it. That sounds crazy now, but that's the way you used to do it. And I remember because I uh, it was my first time doing a presentation with a, a big client like that. Yep. And and we had, had gone on vacation because we had vacation books. Patricia and my wife had the whole thing set up. I was a surprise. And we had our baby Emma, and I couldn't I couldn't, you yeah, know because that out. was
0: six years ago.
1: Yeah, like six or seven, probably. Yeah. Six or seven years. And uh I couldn't, you know, I, I if we were on vacation, it was family, I couldn't obviously get out of it. So I I may, I, I had this. Presentation uh inside a car because Emma was so small she would, she would have interrupted the call for sure. So went into the parking lot, got into the car with my laptop, my phone in one hand, my laptop on the in the other. People were walking around looking, and me what's this guy doing? Yeah, what's this in, guy doing? in his shorts? And sh- it's it's uh, it's really hot, and I'm inside the car. My windows are down. My windows are up actually because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's the whole easy. the whole situation was just. It's it's, no, but it's that, crazy now, but that's how you used to do it.
0: Yeah, but see that that's that's such a good example because it is mm-hmm. like one of those things where you have you just hope and pray that people are looking at the right thing while you're talking to them. That's right. <laughs> it's like it's like it's so it's so wild. Like we used to do the same thing, even with it didn't matter how big the client was. It's like it doesn't matter if it's the if it's like the biggest client or the or the most indie indie client. No one was like, let's get on a call and share our screen. No, no one said that. No one, yeah, and and it's so weird to think about that. Why, yeah. why on earth, when we have this tech? I mean, it's always this necessity thing. Like we don't act that we don't act out on yeah. the most helpful tech things until we're required to do so for some reason. But but I think like I I, I really love that story because that is that was my entire pre LA experience um, in Chicago where. Seth would call me from a boardroom or something like with with like some well-known director and like we're on a speaker phone and I'm saying okay go to page 12 yeah do you see on the upper left hand corner oh, now we can just move the mouse now we can just move the mouse or like circle something and explain what we're talking about yeah you know and and I'm and again I think it's like one does one shouldn't fully cancel out the other like I think that we do need to go in person mm-hmm. so I still enjoy do you still sometimes do Oh yeah, yeah. Not, not. Um, we don't, for, we don't force that. Mm. But it's really nice to, it's really nice to be able to do it uh, now more than we could before because of the waning pandemic stuff. Like does, it's really
1: does being in LA facilitate that, or is that something that the client doesn't even bring up, or is it still the case where the client we wants to asked, visit the shop and
0: we, we, get, we get asked where we are a lot, oh. but I don't think it changes the the work. Just like you get inquiries regardless of where you are i think like you've you've built up enough of a reputation not only in the design community but with some of the clients that like you're going to start seeing like more and more random referrals like over time right which is sort of what happened which is sort of what happened i'm sure that happened in fact you told me that great story i'm not going to repeat it but you told me that great story in barcelona about one of the referrals yeah um yeah. I think that was in Barcelona. Told me you, mean, that
1: yeah, you mean the one about Apple, the Apple thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. But I was being very discreet. Yeah. Very discreet. Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, I can talk about it. No. Yeah. was yeah, that was, I that was, was a great I thought that was a great story.
1: That was that was that was an example. But but to this day, people um reach out from um uh, you know from recommendations of other people that, that I don't know at all. It's just that my name gets thrown out there. And and sometimes halfway through a project, they'll realize I'm in Lisbon. It's like oh, yeah. it's not even a thing. It, it used Fair. to be. It used to be kind of a question that would pop up at the beginning, but now it's not even. No, I don't hey, care.
0: Hey, people don't care, and I think I'm hopeful that in the future, just from like a interconnectivity standpoint, like the, the way we view collaboration, it it continues to work um obviously there's a reason why you need some people that you're working with to be in the same time zone for emergencies for emergencies and things that come up
2: yeah
0: but but as i told you i think on the last first part of our call was like we found that the international thing is really helping us um it's been a very interesting experience because sometimes you end the day and someone started
3: yeah
0: and then you come in and there's work that you can that you can pick up and like there's this sort of collaborative, or like around the clock thing going on, where you also feel, I think inherently more um, broadly communal. You feel like your community is is is, is, is more vast than yeah. just this little this little place. And then you were, you were asking about like the meetings, the in person meetings. I'm just saying like during the this, you know, just today the like the United States declared the end of the emergency, the the end of the health emergency, which is interesting that we're talking today because I read this article about it. And like, what are the things that we learned during, during the pandemic? And there's obviously a lot of really important health things, but there's also social, social implications to mental health and isolation and all these ideas. And that's what I mean by, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, work is nowhere near as important as all those things but what i mean is like the health of interacting with people even if it's at not as frequent like we're gonna ha- we're gonna start having interns come in here next week which is going to be nice not every day that they're coming in starting next week right and then earlier this week a client did come by the office for the first time in a while and it was actually really nice this editor this really talented editor. And actually, yeah, I think you might find this interesting. Do you know the movie, um, Enemy?
1: The, the Denis Villeneuve movie?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, it's a great movie. So
0: I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. That might be, and I don't know if this is unpopular to say or if we already talked about it on the last call, but that might be my favorite of his movies. I just yeah. happen to really, really love that film from a did style you watch,
1: Did you watch En the French one?
0: Is that before that?
1: Did you did it in Canada? Yeah. Is that oh, before God? that? Yeah, before he uh before he met Jake Gyllenhaal and before he got to Hollywood, he is that a good? Film. Oh, it's to me, it's his best film.
0: Okay, okay. What's the name
1: again? Ensemble, it's, uh, Incendie. It's 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 a French name. I'll probably have to. Say no, it. no,
0: this is good. This is good. Because because like the truth is that first of all, the style of this stuff really had a um an impact on me. And ten years later, oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, sent you like 10 years it's been 10 years since um you know since uh, enemy and by the way i'm a big i'm a big jose saramago fan the oh, author nice. the author of that you know I, I just love his way of writing and um the the fact that that was based on that uh, we're, and, and we we're,
1: we're big fans here and uh, my wife and oh you are have, oh yeah huge fan uh-huh. we have we have that, a lot of his sense. books and my wife is just super fan I, Oh, I love, so I love. So that's really that. really cool to know that you. you like. Oh you my
0: god, that. I love. I love that. In fact, I want to like kind of make that. I, I need to like dig more into his repertoire because I, I I'm sure I'm only skimming the surface of like some of the more well known works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, including like blindness and things like that, which have yeah, yeah. which was really interesting. I didn't like the movie, but I really liked the um the book. I really loved the book. I had read the book years before, but the. The enemy thing the, so the editor of that i was at the, i was out this is the cool thing about la sometimes i was just mm-hmm. out at some random place started talking to this guy and i could feel the the conversation moving toward like the creative and the filmmaking. i didn't know that he was i didn't know anything about his work mm-hmm. but it was like start, the conversation was slowly moving toward like the creative and the filmmaking oh what do you do that's interesting like a little just hinting you don't want to like yeah. go over the top with like talking about it so you're just like oh you know just like a little bit of design stuff kind yeah, of that, yeah, that yeah. kind of work the same, same thing stuff. with him a yeah. little bit of like editing kind of thing yeah. and then you slowly get closer and closer to what it is to do and i found out he started going he's like well there was this movie that i did you know probably about 10 years ago now and he had mentioned somewhere earlier in the conversation something about denis mm-hmm. and and i was like wait a minute i was like don't I said, I was like, don't even say it. Don't say the movie. I was like, don't say that you, you edited that movie. And and he's like, he we, he kind of knew without even saying, we knew what movie he was talking about. And I found out that it was Enemy. And then he's like, I also did the titles. Wow. So he he's not a title designer. He's an edit. He's a feature film editor <laughs> who also is has like a really sharp eye. Like a really sharp eye. And he, And those titles, I don't know if you remember. They were really simple, but they were actually kind of nice. I
1: don't remember. They were like remember. they were literary.
0: They had it was like some like condensed serif thing that filled the whole screen. And it was meant to feel literary, like the Jose Saramago stuff. Right.
2: But it was like neo,
0: it was like neo uh kind of because you know how that, that movie has a near future feel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's got that, you know, so so he I was like, whole, dude, I love the movie and i love the titles i can't we didn't even we basically didn't even say the name of it i like because because we both knew what was going on <laughs> and so that that's called into this conversation and he came over to check out the studio like and talk about this other project he's on this he's on this other a24 thing which we hope we can work with him on oh nice but he's just a nice he's just a nice guy who happens to be extremely talented he also edited uh white noise that which i didn't see yet but the
1: noah back oh wow those are some this,
0: movies, this is Matt, Matt name.
1: okay okay that's the kind but of yeah, thing that, that,
0: that, uh, that that'll yeah. just
1: won't happen to me because those are the opportunities that i'll miss not being and this has come up in the podcast quite a few times this idea of i've asked people about the importance of location and is it different to be in Los Angeles or not. And I guess, you know, to a certain degree it is, right? thing. But, you know.
0: but but it's also like, it's a gift and a curse. Like, like you don't, mm. you're in, if you're here, you're pulled into a web. That's and right. do you want to be in that web the whole time? You know, when I went to Chicago after living in LA the first time, do you know how happy I was about the fact that I would go out and meet people that were doing like so many different things types of things and 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 didn't even care or know to care like they didn't they didn't care about any of that type of work so it was very cool to be socializing in, in that way and to, to all, suddenly food and other like food and art outside of filmmaking i'm saying were were more important in conversation so in
1: los angeles is really all about moving I I
0: think, I I think it's it's not i mean obviously it depends on what circles you run in and and don't get me wrong, my my circle my social circle has broadened immensely in the sense of there's people doing really interesting things that have nothing to do with filmmaking of course in my in my right, friends right, right, right. I'm just saying that you you can easily get pulled in to a subconscious kind of obsession with like always being connected to the film culture in a way like right. you can feel like oh I. I need to find out what the latest thing is, but why, why do you need to, why, why do we always need to do this? And, and it's just, because you're hearing about it. It's always around you. It's kind of like the way people talk about San Francisco, just to take it out of the context of LA for right, a second. Right. The, people talk about San Francisco, right? The tech the world, culture, yeah. The tech culture, even if you don't know a lot about tech, yeah, you live in San Francisco, you know more about tech than someone who lives somewhere else.
1: Right. It's you just, just do it it's you just did. in the air right just in the water as i said just yeah. in
0: the water and and so it's a gift and a curse i don't think it's always yeah i don't think it's always good but it's interesting to see the writer strike stuff too yeah in yeah. person i drove by i drove by netflix the other day because I, I we had a meeting and i saw like hundreds and hundreds of people striking rightfully so yeah because they yeah. want they want some some concern about their health benefits and other things.
1: I've been seeing that pop up on my my socials and whatnot, and uh, I just hope I wish that the, the VFX industry would do the same because you know talk about our industry being crazy sometimes. Uh, w- whenever a student or somebody tells me that I want to go into VFX, and do you really want to yeah, go into really? VFX? Are you sure about that? Sure?
0: That's such a good question.
1: It is a really destructive.
0: Um, I think that's so um, true with design. Like that is, that's one of those things where it's, it's who who was I talking to about something similar? I don't know if they were saying.
1: And that's like actually kind of interesting, kind of yeah. t- ties into your presentation in Barcelona. Because um, when students ask me, what does it take to do what you do and be a designer and working in films and TV and stuff? And I say, well, you, you gotta, the first thing you gotta figure out is, do you really want to do it? Do how bad do you want it? Dude, that's I'm gonna so tell fair. you I, I can give you all the advice you, you want and other people will give you other different oh advice. God, but awesome. the main thing is gonna be always throughout your career, do I really love doing this just for the love of it? Because there's gonna be a lot of yes, uh mountains to climb. Uh so you really gotta love it. And that takes me to because your presentation in Barcelona amazing by the way congratulations again I I was fortunate enough to be there and see it watch you talk about it and you talk quite a bit and uh thankfully so about the um you know kind of the the bad parts of working in the industry and how burned out you got at different points in your career with filmograph and some of the projects and whatnot can
0: you I, talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's recapping that a little bit is probably a good idea because I think it's important. I, I really love what you just said about, and and that does relate to the talk in Barcelona, what, but what you said about how badly do you want it, that's very similar to the way that we talk to some of the younger artists that we work with, which is to say, we'll know... If you care and i can't remember if i said this the first time we talked but it's sort of it's sort of like one of those very very rudimentary human nature uh responses to the way we collaborate with one another okay if if you care about this work what we're, we're going to see it and more importantly you're going to you're going to see it meaning you're going to see the the fruits of your labor you're going to see the results of of how much you care because that's actually going to play out over time. It's never going to be an instantaneous thing. It's going to be a. It's going to be a cumulative. It's going to have a cumulative effect on you. So when you come into the industry and you worry about, oh my god, I, I'm not as technically savvy as someone uh, in animation, which is the same. Like for example, that was how I felt. I was like, I know how to design. I know how to move things around in Illustrator. I know how to like make books. Like I. I I can't remember if I mentioned this to you, but I, I used to do like bookbinding and you know posters and things like that, you know yeah. more traditional processes, and I learned how to actually set type on a real letterpress, like when I was in when I was in college, yeah. and like that changes obviously. There's less of that, and that's okay as long as there's always. Um, I think going moving into the the field or the niche that you care about or that you're telling yourself you care about is really important for in, in the case of you Philippe, like I knew you can feel it you know what I mean from the very early from very early on when you and I started talking there was an intellectual curiosity that's very obvious um that was very like dedicated to the craft to, to making something better and it it's again it's not to like overstate the importance of what it is that we do because I I think we have to be realistic about that too it's like we just like art. I mean, that's the that's the fact. We're not artists, but we like to be artistic in in yeah. in all these ways. And we like to have a job that centers around somewhat artistic decisions, you know, because we feel like we're able to have a a, a product that we can after all the hard work and after everything's said and done, there's something there that you can show, which is all which is one of the reasons why I never wanted to be anything else. I didn't. Yeah. I never wanted to be in a job where you, where there wasn't evidence of having done the job.
2: yeah.
0: But, you, you know, and, and that's a tricky thing because it's, some jobs are really important in, in, in terms of impacting people abstractly. But mm-hmm. I, that, that was never for me in that way. But I think mm-hmm. to your point about burning out, there's the, I don't want to call it like over-devotion, but when the, when the landscape, when the landscape starts to change and you get busier as an individual, you've gotten extreme, you've gotten a lot busier, just like we have. I mean, our, I could probably look at our trajectories in terms of quality of projects, um, personal happiness with, with what it is we're doing, um, maybe a little bit of increased pay, all these things uh on a very similar path of like intersectionality where it's slowly rising I, in, in an ideal situation, the only problem is as the money slightly increases over time and the creative slightly increases over time and your the number of jobs slightly increase, for example, the happiness is the line that, that we need to worry about. And like it, it, you know, and, and also just this idea if you want to keep doing it, you have to step away. It's, it's the same metaphor that everyone knows about, about walking away, going on a walk and coming back and looking at your screen and it's what you just did was horrible. Yeah. It's the same exact thing, but it's just ex- extended over a longer period of time. Yeah. So for us, the, the, the real um, inflection point, I think I called them pivotal moments in the Barcelona presentation, but for me, the inflection point was when um, Aquaman and, and Mission Impossible were going on at the same time. In, 2000, in 2018, and sometime over the summer, I realized that I was having like a a really big problem, uh, like a really big emotional problem yeah. beyond, beyond uh, the work pressures and started talking openly with my producers and other people at the studio about what it would look like to take the break um, toward the end of the year after Aquaman delivered. And we went and they couldn't believe it. weren't sure if it was going to work and now as you heard in the presentation it's been five years so we've done we every year you know and i can't remember again if i'm repeating myself from earlier because we split this up between two calls i I just don't remember but yeah we, we do it we do it every year between thanksgiving and new year's and clients have come to have come to love it i mean we had we've had some of the They either love it or they don't understand, and then they learn, and then next year, odds are you'll still get a call from them.
1: You know what's uh, you know what's crazy and or funny about
0: that is that in Portugal that's normal. That's that's exactly, and you probably heard the joke that I was making there. I I, at the at the in Barcelona, it was exactly that. The reason why I wanted to talk about it in Europe yeah was actually the whole thing of tying it into america has a problem and it's not just america there's other countries too like i think japan is pretty intense i think parts of parts of east asia in general are are like pretty intense but we have a serious problem here and there was obviously like some joking presidential stuff that i put in the that i put in the presentation as well but but it really is about um, america has a serious problem and how europe in that way had it has had it more figured out for a long time about what it means to get that kind of rest. Yeah. So now I think our I think our team really likes it. Um and we we get this rejuvenation. Obviously you heard me reference the Steven Sagmeister version of it, which is once every seven years. Yeah. They take the year off or, or whatever. But for for it's us yeah. that sounds great in theory. That's a little bit too um, inconsistent with. I I don't know if we could. I mean, we could definitely do that, but I think it's more it's more inconsistent with how frequently we need to take breaks. Like I need we need we need like we need the more European thing where you well, get
1: because I, I don't know, think it I don't think it make, makes much sense to. And I'm not saying that's what that's what Stefan Seidmeister did or is is doing, but it doesn't really make much sense to. Work your ass off for maybe five, six, seven years. Burn out. Take a sabbatical. Come back and so, do the same thing. That's not really.
0: So that's just, so that's, that's exactly. not sustainable,
1: right? That's yeah.
0: so you're you're nailing what what I was having that realization about.
2: Yeah,
0: I know we're I know we're running out of time, but I I think that that was like that's a sorry, really important. To go. I think that was a really important lesson for me, and it's something that I, I talked to a couple of the studios in LA about it, Felipe. And they're like, they were shocked. They were shocked that we could make it work. But it's all about communication. That's we, if thing. you start, if you start telling people slowly, the first year or two of it, people were like, I don't know what what you're talking about. Now, once you get to year three, four, and five, guess what? The clients are like, oh, but you guys aren't, you guys aren't around, right? And it's like, no, we're not. And that's okay. We'll talk to you next year.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if I told you this. I, I know you have to go, but uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I... One of the reason, reasons that I started Foreign Affairs with my studio was that I was getting calls from National Geographic, CNN, FX, asking me to pitch directly and produce, execute um, projects without um, being. Yeah, it's, a the best name, it's
0: the best name for a company, by the way. And I, and <laughs> I told you how much I love the name.
1: I know, I know. I know. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And I said, no a lot of times because I didn't have the team together. I didn't have a pipeline, a producer, all that. But once I did have a, a group of people around me, um, then I said, well, we're not around. We're on vacation. Because in Portugal, you have a lot of vacation and holidays and bad holidays. And, and they were like, again, you guys are off again. And i went, like, yep, you know, Europe. Yeah. Yes, and it's I'm, Europe. And I don't really, and, but, but clients came back anyway. not like
0: Uh, that's that's such a great example (laughs) like that is such a great example and i and just in closing like i have a friend another documentary filmmaking friend here who i was out with last night and he was indirectly inspired by what we do Mm -hmm. to start something that he had done years ago in his life which he calls a day of reflection or a day or, or a day away so basically once a month on a work day he takes a day off Right, and he does whatever he needs to do spiritually or or otherwise it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing mm-hmm. but it's but it's like he does now if you stretch that out over 12 months you know you have you have over two weeks of work off
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right so like that has nothing to do with his other vacation he just tells people that's a day for me but look it's easier said than done and some people have are hired by other people and you can't always do that but i'm just yeah. saying keep pushing for this as an as individuals and do the individual employees, or if you're in more control of your schedule, you're, I think we are going to find more happiness together.
1: I think so. So, dude, I think that's a good idea to strive for. Anyway, I know you got to go, sir. Thank you for yes. having the second Thank part. you. No, no,
0: no. Let's, let's, I want to catch up with you and tell Emma hello, guy, and tell Patricia hello. All
1: right. Okay.
0: Hello. Let's do no, You're the best. Thanks uh, for, for you your time, are, sir. Thank you for